are entering Nick and Mello's hyperspace. Hello, I'm Carmelo, and my favorite Star Wars Rebels characters are the Lothwolves. And I'm Nick, and my favorite character is Kanan Charis, a.k.a. Caleb Doom. <laughs> In our journey through hyperspace, we examine everything and anything Star Wars from the point of view of two lifelong fans, one young, one old, who came together through the will of the Force. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about something near and dear to our hearts, um, Star Wars Rebels, the animated series that went from 2014 to 2018 on Disney XD. You and I have talked so much about this show offline that it's probably one of our favorite things in all of Star Wars. It really is. And it's, it's very interesting because it's one of the, it's the first visual thing that we get from Disney after the purchase. Um, and so it's sort of our first introduction to this sort of shift that happens um, with sort of Star Wars production. Um, and, you know, like everything in television, you, you sort of slowly grow to it. Um, but I really love, I love the look of it. And I love the characters that it creates. And I love the storylines that it produces from everything that we knew, both from the movies and from the animated Clone Wars. Um, that Dave Filoni supervised starting in 2008. It sort of picks up, <laughs> I'm going to call it the baggage of Star Wars, but then it sort of takes it into some beautiful things, just beautiful realms that I, that I find really interesting. Yeah, you mentioned uh, <clears throat> it came off the heels of the Disney acquisition of Star Wars, and it was in a weird time because we didn't really know. We knew movies were coming, but we didn't really know what else was going to be happening um, in Disney. This was kind of their introduction. And in a lot of ways, I, I kind of uh, think of it as a parallel to The Force Awakens. It's in a, set in a familiar time frame and an era that we're all familiar with, Empire versus Rebels and the, this galaxy where this evil government is just ruthless and uh, controlling all these systems. And it's just, it's basically bread and butter Star Wars. It came off the heels of a beloved show uh, being canceled. Um, and so I guess in that right. sense, there's a lot of, a segment of the fan that was kind of maybe resentful or, or pushed this show aside because of because of that uh, such a beloved show and something that also had a weird following at first it was kind of a um, took a second to get off the ground and then I think Rebels kind of had a similar similar you know structure the way it went it took a minute to get off the ground before it became beloved and you have a very good point that part of the prop part of the problem with Rebels is that it wasn't a substitute to Clone Wars. Clone mm -hmm. Wars gets cut off and then the next animated show is Rebels. And so a lot of people were sort of expecting a Clone Wars-y kind of show. And this is a very different show. And so mm -hmm. it, it required a little bit of shifting gears um, mm -hmm. for many of the people that that were following animated Star Wars. I mean, there were people that were not even watching the animated Star Wars, so they didn't watch Rebels either. Um, it's been very interesting that now that Ahsoka showed up in The Mandalorian, there are all these people that are finally watching Rebels, who were people who were only doing live action Star Wars and that's all they watched. And now that we have a live action television show and Ahsoka shows up, everybody's like, and who is this woman? Um, and so it's been really interesting. I've seen all over online, all these people's like, I'm watching Rebels for the first time. And, and they're watching Clone Wars as well. 
Uh, but we're talking about rebels today. <laughs> so we're, we're focusing on that today. I think in a lot of ways, you can't really talk about one without the other. They're kind of, you know, they go hand in hand a little bit. And a lot of the characters and uh, storylines story get, get brought over into rebels. But yeah, but I like think said, I think them as different shows. They're, they're, the, they the, the, mood, the mood of Clone Wars is very different from rebels for me. It's not only the visual style, but also sort of, you know, the Clone Wars are this very important historical period in the galaxy and Rebels is, we finally get to see visually, we've seen it in the novels before, visually what happens before episode four, before A New Hope. Um, and so it's interesting to get um, a period that we knew about, that it had shown up in some of the fiction, but we had not seen it in I'm going to call it screen Star Wars, television or 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 film. Uh, in screen Star Wars, we had not seen it before, so it's it's sort of fun to see that that new, you know, what does it mean to live in the Empire, and what does it mean to slowly join the rebellion, right. which we expected it would happen, but we had never seen it, so it was fun to see it um, in that show. Um, in our conversations, Nick, you had talked about something that everybody talks about in the movies and it's this whole notion of the hero's journey. Um, and you had mentioned that you had a whole bunch of ideas about using this sort of uh, mythological narrative trope and how it applies to rebels. So I would love to hear a little bit about, about your thoughts on that. Yeah, so you know, if you follow any sci-fi or fantasy, usually there's, they follow a blueprint, the hero's journey, which is, a young character gets called to action and uh, with a mentor and goes on a journey and become a hero. And uh, Rebels is kind of like, I always think of it as like a mini story within a much larger story because we, mm. we follow one group of characters, but um, a lot of their, we, they don't really cross over very much with the uh, film characters. We don't, we see them occasionally, but it's not very, uh, I guess it's in, inconsequential to, you know, what plays out in the rest of the films. So, you know, these characters, um, we find them very young, uh, Ezra Miller, or I'm sorry, Ezra Bridger, not the actor. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> I am sorry, not we're, him. We're not <laughs> editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, we got a lot of DC in my mind. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, so anyway, we find him and, you know, he's, he's, you're, he's very similar to Luke Skywalker. You know, he's, he's on a planet that he just, he's stuck on and, um, he's kind of more wanting to be, he's more about himself than a larger, the larger picture of the larger world outside his windows, you will. And, you know, we, not only we follow his journey, but we get to follow other characters' journeys. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the main cast of Kanan and Hera and, uh, Sabine, and Sabine, and they all, right. they all have a, a, a different journey. reason right. for doing what they're doing. And, um, you know, it's they're kind of like a Robin Hood gang when we first meet them. They take from the Empire and help out the, the little guys. And uh, but they all have a reason for fighting against the Empire, whether that be for, you know, their people being um, oppressed and even eradicated in Zeb's mm -hmm. case. Mm -hmm. uh, Kanan, obviously, with his connection as a former Jedi um, and him being basically, a, you know, public enemy number one. Uh, we, we get to see them fight through. Um, personal demons and reliving a lot of them, reliving that trauma that brought them to where they are. And they have to kind of, 
Um, I think that's the good part about any kind of hero's journey. Um, we have to see our main characters face the unthinkable, the things that they don't want to think about, the things they don't want to overcome, the things that they just mm-hmm. want to bury inside mm-hmm. of them. You know, I had not, I really had not thought about this until now when you're explaining this. I'm going to put my humanities professor hat on for a second. Um, in the West, a lot of the hero's journey focuses on one individual that travels through all of these struggles and conflicts and passages and all of these things. There's a wonderful Chinese novel called Journey to the West mm-hmm. um, about the monkey. Mm-hmm. And one of the really marvelous thing, things about this book is that you don't really have a protagonist. You have four. The journey is four characters that are going to the West, which is India in the novel, to get all the Buddhist scriptures and bring them back to China, to bring Buddhism to China. That's basically the story. Rebels, in a way, Ezra is the protagonist, but when we're looking at the journey, it's actually, it's the story of Hera, and it's the journey of Hera, it's the journey of Canaan, it's the journey of Sabine, in a way, it's the, the journey of Zeb, and the journey of Ezra. And mm-hmm. so it's really, it's really unique and fun to have a story in which you have multiple journeys happening at the same time, rather than the journey of one person in which all of these people are helping. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I have just discovered in the middle of this podcast, yet another reason to love Rebels. That is not simply Ezra going through the journey and all these people helping around, but are all these multiple journeys happening for multiple reasons in different contexts, with different struggles, with different conflicts, with different enemies, um, as we go through the four seasons of the show. And I, it's sort of fun to discover something by just listening to you and all of a sudden it's like, yes, yes, that's yet another what? thing. That's the great thing about, you know, different perspectives we 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 think about things that we we obviously didn't think that about. we had not right we're all right yeah. and another thing you mentioned that each character has their own little uh their hero's journey but we mm-hmm. you know in the beginning it's, it seems like a stereotypical children's show where we see young kid uh older mentor taking him under his wing and then we have the, right. the other figure and then you know we have um sabine he's more like the annoying little sister or older sister and then Zeb's kind of like the fun uncle, or uh, and then you know we really don't think much about Zeb. We think he's more of a comedic, fun character until we get more of his of his story. Of his story, so, right? Yeah, and we kind of I think that happens with all of them. We just they're kind of we think of them as a stereotypical character until mm-hmm. we learn more about mm-hmm. why the way they are, and they do it so so naturally. It feels natural to me that it's just we kind of learn it piece by piece, and then yep. Uh, we get to see it just play out wonderfully. And to me, that is part of my attraction to television, that by having these episodic moments through a long period of time, rather than a two-hour or a three-hour movie at the movies or on your phone, whenever you're watching, wherever you're watching it, um, that you get to have multiple lines, narrative lines. You can't do that in a three-hour movie. You just can't. Right. Um, but on television, it, it sort of, it lends itself 
to have all these multiple journeys happening at the same time. And it's one of the things that I find very, very attractive um, about, about Rebels. Now, can you, uh, I am curious about the idea of the mentor that you were talking about, because one of the things that I find interesting um, in Rebels is that Ezra gets different mentors throughout the show. Mm -hmm. It's not, I mean, Kanan is the principal one, but, but Hera is a mentor of sorts. Ahsoka is a mentor of sorts later on. Um, even, even the Lothwolves are mentors of sorts of sort of helping or telling or sort of mentoring what he needs to do and what he should be doing, even if they don't speak. I mean, when, when Kanan turns into doom, that's a different story, but, but it's really interesting that it's not one mentor, but that he gets a series of mentors throughout the show. Um, and I, I don't know that I have anything intelligent to say about it, but I just find it really interesting. Well, I would say too, uh, two other characters that I guess maybe on a smaller scale that are sort of his mentors for times is um, Maul and uh, even Hondo, I would say. Oh God, yes. Oh yeah. God, yes. You're right, you're right. So now we're talking about six of them. <laughs> right. I think each play an important role in his development as as the story goes on. You know, at the time when Maul kind of becomes his mentor, it's in a yeah. dark, it's a very dark time for him. He's he's kind of questioning his, his place and his place in his story and um, you know, of course, Maul is very manipulative, very Seth Ward-like. And then Hondo, he kind of is more of the, on a same, I wouldn't say he's the same scale as Maul, but he, he does present the more of the smuggler, scoundrel type of, you know, do, look out for yourself and don't yeah. worry about these other people because what can they give you? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's part of the teaching for I, the Jedi is you have to ignore those 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 urges and those desires and be selfless mm -hmm. as possible. And I think mm -hmm. he each one, like I said, play a different role in that development. I think even though at the end, Hondo does help them, I think Ezra is at the point in maturity where he realizes that's not that's not correct. Like, that's not what a Jedi is supposed mm -hmm. to be. Or you know, just a good person, I guess. Yep. And let's not forget that Ezra starts as a petty thief when we first meet him. Right. He's, just, um, he's just looking out for himself and um, trying to survive in the streets of Lothal. And so it, it's it's... Mm -hmm. That connection with Hondo is a very natural one mm -hmm. for the young kid. But as you say, he sort of grows out of Hondo and, and he moves on. Thank you for mentioning Maul because to me, Ezra is, to me, he is one of those really fascinating moments in Star Wars in which the notion of the dark side and the notion of the light are not seen as necessarily good versus bad. Mm -hmm. The beginning of season three, Ezra is a character that is toying with the idea of not thinking of these as polar opposites, but thinking as all of it is part of the force. Mm -hmm. um, and this is a morally complicated issue, but I find it so interesting that they went there. I really liked it that they went there. I remember my, my perking up in my chair in my sofa thinking, oh my goodness, they're going to do this? Um, and that beginning of, of the first episode of season three is sort of that moment where Ezra stops thinking for a, a moment 
not about the dark side and the light, but about the force. Mm -hmm. um, and sort of thinking about it as this sort of whole. I'm going to sound like an old man now, um, but it is very much sort of a, a young a young person's notion of sort of like we have a goal, we need to get there. I don't care how we get there, we need to get there. Um, mm -hmm. And so, in a way, it's very sort of characteristic of somebody of Ezra's age. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just find it really interesting that for so much of screen Star Wars in the novels is different. Um, but so much of screen Star Wars is very much about this sort of polar opposites, that right. the dark and the light are, are always as opposing terms. It's the dichotomy of the light and the dark. And Ezra sort of says, no, I'm going right. to, no. It's like, no, we're not doing this, which is, yeah. you know, typical adolescent, but, but a typical smart adolescent that is sort of, sort of has sort of and understood this polar opposite has its issues. I'd also say too that um, not just Ezra, I think we get a lot of lore and mythology built into the show when it comes to the Force and the teachings of Jedi and Sith and uh, Ahsoka and Kanan are survivors of a great purge, you know, yep. war that, that really just changed the galaxy forever. And mm -hmm. we get to see them kind of facing their demons when it comes to um, regrets and, um, you know, rethinking, of, you know, am I doing the right thing or yep. even a favorite line. And it, it really, I can't remember what episode it was, honestly, I'm, I'm blanking, but I remember a line when it might have been the beginning of season two when Hera and Kanan are. Uh, talking about joining the much larger rebellion you know mm -hmm. he said you know we were just doing this as a way to help out the little guys and this is you know military this is more organized more of a war yep and she's like and what's wrong with that that's going to help more people but his, his the line that just stuck out to me and it may, really made me take the show seriously was he's like well i've already survived one more i don't want to do this again and we see and that's i think this is why Kanan has just become one of my favorite characters his his journey of um of really examining the past and overcoming the mistakes even if they weren't his fault mm -hmm. and becoming the mentor that he never really got to have or got to experience for Ezra was really satisfying it we get to see him kind of heal himself and become yep. the Jedi that he was supposed to be that, that unfortunately got taken away from him um, it, it was a different path than what he probably would have taken mm -hmm. uh, but and, you know like Yoda says that uh, Jedi will always face the darkness they will always yep. it, there's never a day that they just you know there's no easy days it's a continuous battle with yourself and i think that's just very interesting when we look at that at a, from our world we do this every day we always have to make decisions whether it's you know doing the right thing or thinking about the others around us we have to do the right thing and that and human nature we are always tempted by the easy quick way out and obviously that's that's always not the best and it's interesting as I'm as I'm listening to you, and I'm, I'm sort of realizing that every single main character in Rebels is a survivor of some sort. Mm -hmm. um, these are all people who have gone through a critical time in their lives, and they're just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. And the show is about making that survival mode into something that sort of helps the larger galaxy rather than just themselves. Um, and you're right, I think that's at the beginning, what you said about Kenna, that's the very beginning of season two. Um, it's in one of the first two episodes, because it's, it's the arc is two episodes, the beginning, and it's in one of the two, I don't remember where. 
Um, mm -hmm. It's in my book. It's in my book. I remember. I remember. I put it somewhere in my book because it is a very important. It's in the yeah. section of the Jedi in my book, um, and it's a very important moment in there. Um, I wanted to point out um, some sort of moving on a little bit that one of another thing that is really interesting about Rebels is that it, it sort of picks up different forms of Star Wars and sort of runs with it. Um, Rebels is where Thrawn shows up for the first mm -hmm. time in visual Star Wars um, and um, in, in sort of moving Star Wars. He, he had been in comics, um, but this is the first time that we see him in, um, in, on television. He's never been in film on television. And so we get things that began in fiction and move on to Rebels. Ahsoka comes from Clone Wars and moves on to Rebel. Leia has an appearance that's coming from the original trilogy and it comes onto, um, onto Rebels. Darth Maul is from the prequel trilogy and it comes onto Rebels. So it's really wonderful how they're picking up all these different lines from these different formats of Star Wars and bringing them into, um, into the show. And then they sort of then, then they spread out to other things later. Um, and so now we know that Thrawn is going to be in the Ahsoka show later. Um, Leia, of course, shows up in the sequel trilogy after Rebels has come, come out. Uh, Maul even shows up in Solo. And so there's, there's this, Rebels is sort of like this little funnel <laughs> where they pick yeah. up all these Star Wars things and then whoop, they spread them out onto it. And so it's a really fun, it's almost like a bridge that takes you to sort of the next layer, the next step, the next phase if you want to use marvel comics and marvel stories uh language to to what what comes after and i i love that it's really really fun i mean i i met thrawn first in cartoons and then i started reading the novels uh so my introduction with to thrawn was him on television and then i started reading the novels um so it was it was fun seeing him there and then going back and and reading on the, the legends novels and then the, the new series of novels that are coming out. So that's another really fun thing about Rebels there. Yeah, it, it does a really good job. And, uh, you would think these, it seemed at first, I remember R2 and 3PO have an episode. I think Lando has an episode. Mm -hmm. um, and we see that it kind of like the first season, I guess it's more of a way for them to get the more maybe traditional or no offense, older fans on board uh, of the series and try to kind of ease them into this, this story uh, with all these new characters that we've never met before. Um, and they do a really good job of not letting those characters overshadow the main characters of the series. Mm -hmm. they, they, it's fun to see them and see where they are in their journeys. And, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But they don't, they don't completely take over the show, I don't feel right. like. Um, we do get a large part of Maul and kind of a conclusion to his story, but it doesn't dominate... I guess not the whole season. We get a couple of episodes to wrap him up and send him off. And same with, with Thrawn. He's, he is, eventually becomes the overarching villain of the series. But mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. he doesn't detract from Ezra's story or, or Kanan's or anyone else's. He just he just seems, it seemingly fits in perfectly. It, it's really cool how they did that. The, the, way that um, the way that Maul gets inserted into the story, I think it's brilliant. Uh, absolutely yeah. brilliant. I just, I just love that. The episode with Leia is so much fun. I think it's a really fun little episode, um, and it's it's a very Leia episode, <laughs> it is, it is. which I which I really really same, quite enjoy very much. Same with the Lando episode. That's a fun one because uh, Billy D. Williams comes back and does the voice, and it's awesome. Right, it's, right. It's really right. cool when 
and we get to see him a little bit before uh, we we finally meet him in the original trilogy. He's just typical Lando, trying to do do what what's good for him, and mm-hmm. always be a smooth talker. And yeah, it's it's just fun. I, I love those episodes. It's it's interesting that you know we we had when we when we structure our podcast, we wanted to talk about the sort of the kitty notion of of the show, but we've been talking about this notion. But I think it would be fun to sort of wrap up to talk a little bit more about this sort of um, assumption that this show is only for children. Yeah. Um, and and part of our part of our sort of prejudice or misconception or idea that Star Wars is now owned by Disney, therefore it's going to be very kiddie oriented. Um, I think in a way, Rebels proves that yes, children are still part of the audience, right. but it is but it is a story that um, that adds audiences as the show moves along. Um, and I, in many ways, I feel that Rebels, in a way, proves um, in a similar way that Clone Wars Clone Wars does towards the end, especially season four and season five. And then the, the other ones, that that animation is not really only for children, yeah. and that animated Star Wars is something that um, is a different format, with different rules and different sort of stylistic decisions. Um, but you can still have you can still have fans crying their eyes out at the end of season four with the story of Kanan at the end. It, it's just, there's, there's something really beautiful and really moving and very compelling about Star Wars. Even, even the story of, of Ezra in the last three or four episodes of season four are, are really quite moving, are really quite moving. And so um, this is not the Teletubbies, let me tell you. Right, this is not for preschoolers. Um, and so this is, this is infinitely more complex. Um, and I'm really glad about it. It's just, I've, I've seen Rebels seven times, the whole thing. Wow. wow. Seven times. And I am ready to watch it again. And I think our culture has, our society has gotten better about being accepting of, of Star Wars, Marvel, all these things being for everyone, not just for children. Uh, obviously, with the success of the Marvel films, we, we've seen that, you know, plenty of people can enjoy these movies and right i think it's a good example because there's a different example because you know we do have the star wars film still and we still have more coming and even tv series live action ones um and then rebels and clone wars and uh to an extent they still kind of get looked at as for children uh, so when you do see references to these these series and these stories and other things um the general people that don't watch these shows like you and i they they kind of brush them aside as, oh, what happened in the cartoon? That that must not be that relevant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and sadly, I think there are always going to be a segment of people that just kind of always feel that way. Uh, but I think, you know, like I mentioned earlier, that there, the show is very deep, I think, deeper than I originally anticipated. It, it has a lot of underlying themes that fit with Star Wars and just relatable to any age. Of course, yeah. there's some funny, funny, goofy scenes with Ezra and Zeb picking at each other like brothers and uh, but you're going to get a very um, personal story about a man overcoming his demons and trying to be a father figure or a mentor that he never had or never mm-hmm. got to experience or, mm-hmm. or a, a, a young girl who got 
um, used and helped eradicate her people, and it was a moving part to, for her to overcome that. Uh, right, right. Yeah. And it's, I think these, these, all these themes and all these, these characters have something that we can relate to, uh, something that we can gravitate to. And I think that's, that's really not just this show, but Star Wars in general. That's what's really uh, universally loved about it. I think it's just I, it's not like the, the, the things are cool. Like we love lightsabers, we love space battles, but these, these and, those, and those are there, and those are fun. And those still are they're still there, but I'm, it's the, I'm not gonna. I refuse to put down battleships right. and explosions. I love that <laughs> stuff. Um, but it's but it's really fun when there are when when it's more than just that. When it's yeah. more than just that, yeah. Um, and as you say, there's people that sort of have dismissed animated Star Wars as something. This is not part of the real Star Wars. It's really interesting. I'm having the same conversations with the High Republic novels. Like some people are saying, yeah. "Oh, I'm only reading the adult novels. I'm not going to read the junior novels." And I'm like, right. "You're missing some amazing stuff." Um, and so it's it's really it's really interesting how how sort of the assumptions that we have about these categories of genres, about what a movie is versus what a television show is versus what a animated television show is. We have created a hierarchy about it. Um, and I'm hoping that this podcast today will sort of make some people rethink about these hierarchies because I, I think the hierarchies are simply different modes, mm -hmm. but they're not, they're not, age limiting <laughs> right. all right guys we need to stop <laughs> yeah, we, we could do this all day we could do this all hours. day but we're not doing a seven hour podcast on rebels because then nobody no, will watch we don't it. want to take yeah we don't want to take up everyone's we'll time we'll keep like it that. we'll keep it is time. there anything i guess is there anything else you want to just say about rebels before we wrap it up it's... i i got my list i got everything that i put in my notes is is right here so i think we shouldn't bore our audiences anymore so they can watch the rest so yeah. I, I just want to say though that if you have any hesitations about not just rebels but any animated star wars I, I think it would you would be if you're a fan of star wars and you love the themes and the messages that it provides i think rebels and clone wars and all these animated series i think they do a really good job of keeping it consistent and um I think you would do yourself a good service just to give them a try. I mean, you don't have to love them, obviously, but just give it a try. I think it's it's cool. They're really awesome. And and watched and yes, yes. I'm just going to say yes. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you very much, Nick. Thank you, sir. May the force be with everybody, and we'll see you at the next one.